Hey, welcome on back, Kyle Pokes, to the Dapper Dividends podcast, where we're going to talk dividend investing. We're going to talk so much dividend investing, I'm going to knock that Stetson right off your head. What's Stetson? I think it's a hat. I know a bolo tie, right? My grandpa used to wear bolo ties. He was from South Dakota, grew up over in those areas, and uh, that's about the extent I know about uh, Western wear. We do have Western wear shops here in Chicagoland area because there's uh, muchos Mexicanos in the area of this ciudad, this city. So there's Western wear shops. Uh, I don't. I don't wear Western wear. I'm more of a Dickies and Chuck Taylor kind of guy, if most of you know me. But hey, 220 episodes in. Fantastic. What are we going to talk about on this one? Well, we're going to do some quick dividend news. And then we're going to tell you about what went on in the portfolio. Now, if you get the newsletter, you're in the know. If you watch the YouTube channel, <laughs> you're in the know. But here on the podcast, you know, you're going to probably hear some other things uh, get thrown in there. Why? Well, it's unscripted, and I just have my little bullet points here. So here we go. Dividend news from Simply Save Dividends, some of their things. They refreshed their outlook on the commodity companical company. Wow. Let's start that over. Belay my last, everybody. They refreshed their outlook on Westlake Chemical Partners, ticker WLKP, which is a commodity chemical company, 40 Unsafe dividend safety score. They haven't grown that dividend since 2020. 8.42% yield. Probably want to stay away. One we would like. That is a nice company. Cummins. <laughs> We're Cummins into your ear holes, everybody. Ticker CMI is the nation's largest dedicated industrial diesel and national natural. Boy, we got a rock rolling one here. Natural gas engine manufacturer. They're splitting off. The Atmos Filtration, so they reaffirmed their dividend safety score of 98. Pay attention to that if you invest in them. The multi-utility company Sempra, ticker SRE, raised that dividend 4.2%, which is their 14th consecutive annual increase. Where are they? That's right. They're way out there in Texas and California, rootin' tootin' cowpokes <laughs> with your le- fancy electricity and your fancy toilets in the house, your turlets in the house. My God, 3.55% dividend yield, dividend safety score of 79 safe. Fidelity National, ticker FIS, they have reaffirmed their dividend safety score of 77 safe. And I thought, yeah, they reduced that dividend 31%. The boys over on Dividend Talk mentioned this, where they told us how (laughs) apparently they just stated the new dividend payment, the next one, but they didn't show the previous one, so they didn't say it was a reduction. But yeah, Fidelity National, ticker FIS, look out. Cut that dividend 31%. Linda, Industrial Gases, that's one that's uh, in my neck of the woods, ticker LIN, raised their dividend 9%. 31st consecutive year of growth, dividend safety score 99, very safe, 1.24% yield. Look out, everybody. We got a dividend safety score upgrade from 50 borderline safe to the upper end of the borderline safe, which is 60. Simon Property Group, ticker SPG, they upgraded them because they said that their occupancy recovery strengthens their outlook. They raised the dividend 8%. Recently, 5.18% yield for the REIT. Now, if you ever shopped at TJ Maxx, you know this one, ticker TJX. 
raise their or they intend to boost the payout 13%, which reflects an optimistic outlook on their discount fashion. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a treasure hunt when you go in there. I like metal detecting. I like TJ Maxx. You never know what you're going to find, right? Uh, it's like a fancy schmancy Goodwill, yeah? 1.52% yield, 13%. They raise that dividend, so pretty nice. 80, per, 80 score of safe. Best Buy got a dividend downgrade from 70 safe to 60 borderline safe because they say... Their payout ratio to remain above target longer than expected as the electronics demand softens. Holiday sales helped them hit a record high. But, hey, they got downgraded to 60, so 4.83% dividend yield. And they raised that dividend 2.2% in February of 2024. And again, that was a 2.2% dividend raise. And they have a 60 borderline safe. This is a business... This is where yours truly is learning to evolve as an investor. Eaton, ticker ETN, they, they're electrical components and equipment in my neck of the woods. They're an industrial conglomerate. I bought them during the pandemic crash, and uh, I thought I could do better elsewhere. I thought they were fully valued, and I sold them at uh, maybe 170 bucks, I think. And they're pushing, I think, two, 280s, 270s, so they've... Yeah, we only had 10 shares, but uh, they've now paid uninterrupted dividends every year since 1923. 1.28% yield. They've just been a hot, solid stock. 85, uh, very safe dividend safety score. So Eaton, solid company, and one I would consider getting back in on a big market crash. But then everything's going to be crashing, right? Oh, like kids in a candy store at that point. Will it ever come? I don't know. We're melting up just... Uh, ticker ORI, Old Republic, raised the dividend 8.2%, which is their 43rd straight year of increasing payouts. They are property and casualty insurance. Dividend safety score of 73 and a yield of 3.63%. And again, they've raised or they've paid dividends every year since 1942. We got a reaffirmation on Altria Tobacco Company. <laughs> Philip Morris, right? Uh, now... <laughs> Oh my goodness, it's a night It's a night when I'm recording this, everybody. Not Philip Morris. They were spun out, or they spun off Philip Morris in 2012, I believe. But they are Marlboro. Marlboro, that's a hard one for me to say. 55, borderline safe, 9.59% yield, but they had a write-up about them. Uh, they have steeper cigarette volume is declining uh, up on pressure. So Altria's smoke let me start this over, everybody. Let me just read it for what it says. Steeper cigarette volume declines up pressure on Altria's slow smoke-free evolution. That doesn't make sense to me. I think somebody mucked up. That doesn't sound right. But either way, it showed that cigarette smells... <laughs> cigarette smells... What is that? I don't know. That's a smelly sale. Cigarette sales sell sells by the seashore, Right? Altria's cigarette sales have been declining pretty steadily. Cigarette sales are still 85% of their revenue, and they're trying to push into the next generation products. They call them NGPs, but, you know, it, they've raised prices four times this year. Four times they raised in the last year of cigarette prices. So 
yeah, it's declining, but they keep raising the price and we want to get out. I don't know. I, I'm going to talk to my wife about it again. Yeah, I think I'm addicted to their dividend yield, right? That almost 10% yield. <clears throat> you keep thinking like, I can quit. I can quit Altria anytime I want. But I don't know, man. It's uh, We'll see. I'm going to talk to her about it. It's a declining, declining business. I don't know if the non-combustibles, you know, the heat not burn and they try and get uh, different ways to get people caffeine, I think, and nicotine, uh, more reduced harm products. <clears throat> I don't know. It's 4.3%. They raised the dividend in August. And it's it's also, as I've told you, we've lost people to, to smoking uh, to, or to cancer that stemmed from it. So, uh, you know, it'll be a hit to the patty but the projected annual dividend income. So we may end up just deciding to put our money with our principles and break break the habit of Altria. Uh, ticker D, Dominion, they are going to frozen their... De- uh, I'm about to give up, everybody. Dominion concludes strategic review. Dividend to remain frozen several years until coverage improves. So apparently they are having a frozen dividend. Dominion, they have a safety score of 70 safe and we made it. They refreshed their outlook on the life and health insurance company principal financial, ticker PFG, 3.45% yield and a dividend safety score of 72, which is safe. Uh, We made it through painfully through a bit of that news there. And I'm going to give you some news on our portfolio. So one real interesting thing, you know, I've been going through the Berkshire annual meetings again, taking a ton of notes on things that can help mostly myself think about being a better investor in some way, shape or form. I'm going to share these. It might be with a daily email when I'm done going through them for a whole year or two, just every day, put out a thought. Uh, something to help you guys and girls be better investors. But an interesting thing during the 2012 Berkshire annual meeting, Charlie had said that Berkshire's record would have been terrible compared to how it turned out if Warren hadn't kept learning all the way. And each decade to make the record decent, he had to learn to do some things he didn't know how to at the start of the decade. And then in 2013, I really like this, that Charlie, he said, The game of life is a game of everlasting learning if you really want to win. And yeah, winning is a bit of a subjective term. But for me, I think winning is being the best version of myself with the current information, knowledge, and experience gained. And, you know, as I told you all, I think the scary thing is that being wrong feels exactly like being right until you're proven to yourself that you are wrong, right? Because... People can know you're wrong, but if if they can't make you prove to yourself or understand that you're wrong, then you're just going to keep on feeling like you're right. So it's, you know, I, that is why we always have to be trying to, I think Charlie Munger would celebrate when he, when he proved a long or widely held belief of his incorrect because it meant he was closer to the truth and smarter. And it makes me think, you <laughs> What if everything I do right now is wrong? What if uh, just being a dividend investor is wrong? But it feels right 
but I don't know it because I don't know that I'm wrong. You know what I'm getting at? Okay, enough of the, no, we could just go down that rabbit hole all day, all day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Long, but... So one of the lessons that I've recently learned is to steer clear of highly capital intensive businesses and ones that are highly competitive. So you think AT&T or Verizon. So we sold those, meaning like especially with the rates being higher, the higher interest rates, the cost of capital, it's more so it costs more money to, well, borrow money. So it's going to eat into the profits and eat into the growth and the margins of businesses like AT&T and Verizon. And they're going to have to pay more money on their existing debt, right? If it's a floating rate or when it comes time to refinance that debt. So it's really a big headwind for these really capital intensive businesses. And what are not capital intensive businesses? Dude, Microsoft, Meta, uh, in, well, NVIDIA is... Uh, you know, I'm thinking businesses that are more information based and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I think Aswath the Motorin had said, that's why you can't really use price the book anymore. Price the book is becoming a really antiquated, old, irrelevant, uh, metric to look at because how do you put a value on a bit of information or, a a, a bit a I don't know, you can tell I'm a welder, right? So sharing with you what I'm learning, but you get what I'm saying. How do you value a bit? You can't do it like a brick and mortar building, but that's, that's something to think about. So it takes a lot of capital. It's very competitive for those, uh, telecoms, but yeah, well, like a Duke energy doesn't have the competitiveness cause it's more, uh, it, it does to some degree, but it's more of a regulated capital intensive business still requires a lot of money that has to be outlaid for infrastructure building. And you know, the, the growth factor isn't there. It behaves like a bond proxy, which a lot of times AT&T and Verizon does too. So when those rates start coming down and get cut, these will probably do well, but up to a, up to a point. So I just, we exited out of AT&T almost uh, 144 shares of AT&T we sold, uh, and we sold 15 shares of Duke Energy, and we just, it's time. That's thats part of my learning uh, process, and it's been painful for me to sell AT&T because it feels like I'm admitting I'm wrong. Uh, Energy Transfer was another we sold, ticker ET. Now, we had had a cost basis of $6 and change. We were well up 137%, I believe. We had a yield on cost of about 20%, but honestly, it was paying us $9 and whatever, 44 cents every 90 days on those 31 shares. 
and it's uh, it, it has been a lot more expensive in the past, but you know, I understand enter- enterprise products partners a little better. I like them better. I think they're a little bit more conservative than energy transfer. And I want to roll just some of that cash into more enterprise, but we're going to wait for it to come back down into the hopefully mid 25s or 25 kind of time in the market could be a bad idea, right? So we sold that um, with some people on, on YouTube. We're like, why'd you sell that? You had a 20% yield on cost. Well, you know, I want to clean up the portfolio. The whole point is we had at one point over 50 individual holdings, way too many, way too many. I want under 25, potentially 20 or under as well. So we also sold Warner Brothers Discovery, ticker WBD. They don't pay a dividend. But the lesson we learned there is if you receive spinoff shares and it doesn't align with your investment strategy, whatever that may be, I think it's probably best to just dump them right off the hop, get rid of them, take the cash, put it into something you do understand a little bit better. And that's not to say it won't be good someday, but maybe not today. You know, we don't want to wait around. So we waited long enough. We also, last one, sold off Albertsons, ticker ACI, which like right after we sold, it came out that there was probably going to be a block or there is a blockage, right? The, I think Federal Trade Commission is filed a lawsuit to block the Kroger and Albertsons merger, which I don't know. I mean, I think they would have been like the fourth largest grocer in the United States. Number one is Walmart. And then I think they would have been behind Costco and I don't know. They may have been third, but I think fourth after they combined with uh, Albertsons. But yeah, we had 11 shares just sitting on them and, and we bought those as soon as Albertsons IPO'd. I think it was 2019 or right around 2019, I believe. It was before the pandemic. And we bought it because they own Jewel Osco here in the Chicagoland area. It's the store I was always fond of shopping at. Good memories as a kid. Going with my grandparents to shop, getting a toy. One of those cheapy toys, right? You see a Jewel. didn't even have a name brand. It was a knockoff brand. But yeah, I remember getting toys like that. And uh, so we bought those. And we've been sitting on them. And I was like, all right. We're not waiting for the merger to go through anyway, because I think it would have been $25.40 or something post-merger. Shares were around 21 where we sold. And, you know, so there would have been a little bit of merger arbitrage. They fell back a little bit, but we, uh, I just said, you know what? I want to clean up these positions. I'm just hanging, waiting for a few bucks, or I'm not sure what I want to do. So it felt good. It feels good to get more streamlined with the portfolio and, uh, yeah, so we have about $6,000 of cash on hand, and we started a new position in February, and that was Agree Realty, ticker ADC, and I'll put a link in the show notes to their investor presentation, very similar to a realty income. Yeah, it's retail, but they have a lot more growth vector, and I think that you know they could have a lot higher runway and i've seen some estimates some analysts i read on seeking alpha and whatnot think that once rates get cut and come back down that uh, agree realty will go from the mid 50s to the mid 70s so there's quite a bit of upside there plus they pay a monthly dividend that's been growing and yeah they did cut it during the last you know great financial collapse whatever the gfc but as their ceo joey agree said they're a different company. They're a much bigger, more solid, stable business than they were uh, back all those years. And speaking of Joey Agree, 
Dudes added 40,000 plus share. I think 42,000 shares since May of last year. And you love to see that. And that's him buying money. Uh, there you go. Text message, everybody. That's him buying with his own money, right? So they look like a younger realty income. So make sure to check out that. And our goal with that, because it's in the self-directed IRA, so it's tax advantaged, is that we want to use the monthly dividends from our 200 shares of realty income, the 150 shares of Main Street Capital, and now the dividends from Agree Realty. So that's three monthly payers that we want to start dripping into a full share or shares of Agree every single month. So that's going to be fun to watch that grow and build out. And again, I'll put a link to the video <clears throat> if you want to see it. My up for, uh, my portfolio update video, you can watch that on YouTube. And again, so we sold five. We're down to 25 individual holdings. And we did some buying. So I'll go through the sells again to recap. We sold 15 shares of Duke Energy at an average price of $92. That cost us $61.50 in PADI, projected annual dividend income. 144 shares of AT&T at an average price of $17.65. That cost us, we lost $159.84 of PADI. We sold the 28 shares of Warner Brothers Discovery at $9.77. Don't pay a dividend, none lost there. 31 shares of energy transfer, and the average price was $14.65, and we lost $39.06 of patty there. And the last one, Albertsons, small dividend, right? 11 shares we sold. See what I mean? I bought those shares because I, when it IPO'd, I remember thinking, hey, we shopped at Jewel. Not all of, you know, more of Aldi now, but it's Jewel. Everybody goes to the Jewels. So we bought it and just held them and didn't do anything. 11 shares, average price $21.15. We had an average price of about 15 bucks. So, and, you know, almost 10% gain there or something. Uh, lost $5.28 of patty there for a total loss of $265.68 of annual dividend income. But we've started buying. We've started some buys with those sells. In the month of February, we bought three shares of Starbucks at $92.69, gained $6.84 of patty. <clears throat> we sold, or we bought, excuse me, four shares of Nexstar Media Group at an average price of $156, which was $27.04 of patty gained. Nine shares bought Johnson & Johnson, average price $156.40, $42.84 of dividend income annually gained right there. There's the 10 shares of Agree Realty we bought. $56.02 was the average price on those. We gained $29.60 of patty. <laughs> Few more, almost there. 14 shares of Realty Income. We're done there. We got to the 200 we wanted to hit. Average price, $52.87. That gave us $43.12 of patty. A uh, couple more here. One little old share of Vici Properties, ticker VICI. Average price there, $29.33. Gave us a whopping $1.66 of patty. And then, well, last one for dividend income. Two shares of Toronto Dominion at $60.10. We're at $150 now. Kind of just going to hang out there. $6.02 of patty. 
uh, added. And then we bought five shares of a non-dividend paying stock, Hero Incorporated. That's the iDrug company, Ophthalmics, $9.30. Uh, as the average price. So overall, we gained $157.12 of Patty there, but the February net for Patty, not Patty McGee, it is the projected annual dividend income was down $108.56, but eventually we will make that up when we start buying things. And then the dividends received, everybody, we received a bunch of dividends. Go through these super quick here. Starbucks, $14.25. Nextstar Media, our biggest position in the portfolios we share. And to remind, this is not our entire portfolio. We have mutual funds. We have a lot of different investments. This is just what we share on the channel. $179.14 of dividends received from Nextstar. $55.80 received from AbbVie. $122.10 received from AT&T. Energy transfer, last payment, paid us $9.77. We did hold those in the Roth. Realty income paid us $47.20. Main Street Capital paid us $36. Remember, those are both monthly. Don't call me crazy. Enterprise Products Partners, ticker EPD, gave us $51.50. And then the last dividend received from Albertsons, ticker ACI, $1.32 for a grand diddly total of $517.08. And my God, that's a lot of numbers. Let me know if that was as boring for you to listen as it was for me to say. I don't know. Hit me up, Russ at DapperDividends.com, or you can go to Twitter. Uh, there I am at RustyRam78. Why is it RustyRam78? Well, I started that way back in, I don't know, 2009 or something and some people call me rusty i drove a dodge ram and i was born in the year 1978 so i don't know i should have started a dividend maybe i should start a dapper dividends one we'll see rusty ram 78 is that on x did i say twitter i don't know anyway let me know what you do over there if you want to hit me up i don't care or don't it's your life do whatever you want with it but i hope what you do do is that to come back? Seriously, thank you so very much for coming. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you come back and listen again next week. So long, everybody. <laughs>